0: went east off 81 and turned south on a farm road north of the village of Chester, just shy of the Kansas state line. He searched for a suitable place, headlights reflecting off white snowbanks. When he opened the door, the air bit him through his red plaid flannel shirt and down vest. Danny wore a thin blue sleeper Stutzman had picked up in a New Mexico Kmart. The boy, of course, wouldn't need extra clothing. Part one Heartland What kind of a barbarian would do this to their kid? Thayer County Sheriff Gary Young Chapter one december twenty fourth, nineteen eighty five. It was time for a haircut. Chuck Cleveland felt the annoying fringe of sandy hair crowding his ears, and knew that with the approaching holidays he couldn't let it go much longer. He kissed his wife Kathy, swallowed his last bit of coffee, and put his shotgun in the gun rack of his 83 Ford pickup. He planned to do a little hunting on the way to the barber in Hebron. It was 10 a.m., Christmas Eve. Cleveland, age 44, pulled out of the driveway of his ranch-style home in Chester, a dozen miles due south of Hebron. Chester, a tiny town whose skyline consists of a pair of grain elevators, is within spitting distance of the Nebraska-Kansas state line. To non-residents, the town doesn't seem like much, except maybe a good place to gas up or pick up a pack of cigarettes. Hebron and Chester used to be the kind of nice, friendly prairie towns where people spend their entire lives. Now they are the kind of towns young people abandon for careers in Omaha— or if they can bear to pull away from the heart and soul of their parents' and grandparents' birthright, they move away even farther, to one of the coasts. Family-owned farms have grown more scarce, a few are fallow. Cleveland was of the generation, the last generation, some claimed, that still envisioned a good life on the bleak prairie of rural Nebraska— Although he had studied business at the University in Lincoln and lived in New York for a couple of years, Cleveland had returned to Chester, where he owned and ran Foote's Truck Stop in Chester, and a similar business in Kearney, a couple of hours to the west. Cleveland drove east on Harlan Street before turning north on U.S. 81, a trace of snow modeling the road's shoulder. He could have stayed on 81 and been in Hebron in 15 minutes— but instead, he made a quick right on a farm road bordering a local corn grower's spread. Cleveland knew the field was a good place to find orange and gold ringneck pheasants. Stray grain kernels littered the ground and provided fodder for game fowl. His wife had another Christmas menu planned, but she would make room for the pheasants on the holiday table. Kathy Cleveland liked the way her husband fixed them. He took a left and drove north, squinting as he scanned the slightly hilly terrain. The icy earth bristled with hard, dead cornstalks, their frosty surfaces sparkling in the cold, even light. No birds were startled into flight by the noise or movement of the cherry-red pickup. The jangly sound of steel guitars from a country music radio station broke the bleakness of the morning— From the corner of his eye, Cleveland saw a small bit of blue against the brown and gray field. The color was out of place in the dull winter landscape. He braked to a stop and backed up to get a closer look. When he stepped from the cab, the 30 below zero wind chill slashed through his parka. Standing at the edge of the roadside drainage ditch, he looked into the field and immediately spotted what had attracted his attention. Partially hidden in a brambly nest, the spiky remnants of yard-tall prairie grass, was a dead body. It appeared to be a little girl dressed in a blue, one-piece blanket sleeper. Her hand was glazed over with ice, and her body lay flat and stiff on the frozen ground. The child's dark hair was clean and neatly parted, but her head was tilted back, so Cleveland couldn't quite make out her face. From his vantage point on the roadside, It appeared that the child's hand had been placed over her heart. Cleveland had seen enough. He did not move closer to the small corpse, which lay only fifteen feet from the roadside. He didn't want to mess up any footprints or other evidence, and he sure as hell didn't want to be part of any evidence. He studied the field, then looked down the length of the dirt road. He wondered if whoever had left the child was still around.